You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. As you may have noticed, uh, we have a new advertisement and a new intro. Exactly. So we are moving on up in the world. And speaking of moving on up in the world, we're going to talk about our jobs. Now, these are going to be the roles that we had in our formative years rather than our uh, current positions. But we want to go over what we learned and the specific pros and cons of, I guess, what sort of brought us up while we were... um, while we were younger. So. Yeah, and before we like bore you to death with what we learned, we also have some stories to share about and these jobs. It's going to be some interesting ones, so why don't you start us off? Okay. Uh, well, my first job was when I was 16. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mowed lawns and did that sort of thing before okay. I was 16, but as soon as I could work, I got a job at Godfather's Pizza. Hmm. Now, Godfather's was new to the area. It was in southern New Jersey, and I worked the counter, right. and Godfather's, uh, for those who don't know, is sort of deep dish pizza I think it's still around, but not not as prevalently as it was. I did see a billboard or an advertisement not that long ago around here. So I worked the counter. Mm-hmm. I straightened up the salad bar. Nice. I cleaned the dining room, and uh, the pro of that job was it was the it was a learning experience. I okay. You know, I think it's important. I you know me well enough to know I like to be on time. Um, I believe in working hard during the time that you're scheduled to work. And so I learned to work with other people that I had never met, mm-hmm. um, and that was a pro. So you got a basis for your values, you would say, uh, in this position. At I would least. say so. I would say so. Um, the other thing I learned was that a Hobart is a huge industrial dishwasher. That's a takeaway from when I was yeah. 16. Yeah, um, whenever I go to, um, you know, whenever I've seen sort of the, what do they call it? Uh, whenever I go to the butcher at uh, like a big box retailer or grocery store, they always have a Hobart machine, uh-huh. and I always think that's that's awesome. Yeah. Just the name it's Hobart a name in and of itself, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. They, you would literally put things in the Hobart. You wouldn't put them in the dishwasher. You put them in the Hobart. I think they kind of monopolize that industry, probably. Regardless, yes, um, yeah. Go ahead. So the big con was um, well, maybe this was a pro too. My first boss was my worst boss ever. Um, he was um, a bit of a dictator. Uh-huh. He had no respect for the teenagers that he hired, and you know one could argue that um, uh, that probably was wrong. I mean, he didn't even give us a chance, is what I'm saying. So even if you were just being fine, like not you know being insubordinate and everything, he just had a problem with y'all. He yeah, he just wasn't a nice person. The grouchy get off my lawn. Kind yeah, of guy. exactly. Okay. So the, the the story that I'll share is one time he called my house and I guess they needed help. I was not scheduled to work and he called my house and back in the day we had landlines, right? So my dad picked up the phone at the same time that I picked up the phone. I was in one room, he was in the other. My dad's voice was deeper and stronger than mine. You know, remember I was 16 at the time. Yeah. And so he said, this is Godfather's pizza calling. Is is Greg home? And my dad said, oh, just a moment. So I was on the line, mm-hmm. but I waited for my dad to yell my name. Um, but as my dad said, just a moment, let me uh, get Greg. My boss said, jerk. <laughs> and in that moment, I was what? like, well, first of all, that was totally uncalled for. Second yeah, of all, of that's my father. Yeah. And third of all, you're the jerk. 
you know, and you were so it just reinforced what I thought. Exactly, and it's actually really sad. Those types of people who unprompted are just not nice to others. No. And I mean, it certainly gave no indication as to why he would say that. But you know what? People who have that outlook on life are just better left to doing what they're doing. So it seems like you probably moved on I rather did. quickly to another thing. I but did. before we go into that. What was your first job? My first job was uh, being a lifeguard. and I, I remember. Yeah, I can't quite remember why I wanted to be a lifeguard, uh, except probably the aspect of being able to... Guarding lives? Besides, of course, you know, the big responsibility, but when it's at the pool, you know? You can have a little bit of fun, uh, unwind, even though you're at work and you have responsibilities. So I remember I did the lifeguard training, CPR test, and that took about a week. So they did the brick test. Uh, it was one of the last days... And so I swim down there, I grab the brick, and I just hear this pop in my ear. And I was like, oh, that can't be good. And so I go to the ENT after, and I find that I perforated my ear. I remember. And I had to get these special molds to, like, sort of plug my ears when I went underwater. They're fine now, but I felt like I had water going around in my head for six weeks. Um, that but, feeling is terrible for six minutes. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but anyway, um, so uh, after that, I still want to be a lifeguard, of course. So... Uh, I started my role, and I'd say the pros of that job is you get to meet a lot of people um, new, and you get to keep connecting with the ones that you've known. Because I remember we were members of that pool, mm -hmm. and we really enjoyed just I Luke and I just grew up there, of course. Those were great days. Yeah, and management was fantastic. Um, I would definitely say it, there was a sense of responsibility, but also a sense of fun mm -hmm. with the people you're around. You know, mm -hmm. there's those days when there's no patrons in the pool. Well, people and people you... go to the pool to enjoy themselves, right? So they're right. generally in a good mood. Yeah, I remember sometimes when nobody was there, we'd do the lifeguard Olympics. Uh -huh. And, you know, we'd uh, go off the diving board, do these competitions, swimming, all that kind of uh, stuff. It was a ton of fun, ping pong. So there was a full suite of fun to be had. I would say the cons, uh, more than likely, was probably the fear that some kids, you know, especially the younger ones, they had a lot of trouble swimming. And everybody has to start at a certain point, but, oh my gosh, some of them jump into the water and you're just on edge mm -hmm. immediately. You're just like, oh, please tell me that you can swim correctly. <sighs> Every game of sharks and minnows, you know, you always have to wonder. But I only ever had to do about, you know, three rescues more so, and it was mostly simple assists. But overall, I would say that lifeguarding taught me to sort of find a foundation for responsibility, but also be able to find the fun and work. You have stuff to do, and obviously it doesn't always uh, excite you, but the people you surround yourself with, the environments you're around, it taught me to be thankful for that while also sort of enjoying what I did as a first stepping stone into the working world. I think fundamentally what you just said is really the, the bottom line. Yeah. The people you surround yourself with, the mm -hmm. people you work with are make or break the experience. And that first boss of mine at Godfather's, Broke the experience. I got you. But did you have any uh, friends that you were working with? I did. You know, people roles? I didn't know, but people I got to know. And in fact, one of those people I'm still friends with actually went to college, uh -huh. uh, the same college that I attended. Uh -huh. And uh, we're Facebook friends to this day. Actually, two of them are Facebook friends. Okay. Three of them are Facebook friends. Look at you. I know, right? Always connecting. Always connecting. <laughs> so after I left Godfather's, my I stayed in the pizza industry. So your background is in pizza? No, no. Well, you'll hear me say my background is actually in pizza and in seafood. But gotcha. That's, uh, okay. you know, you're getting ahead of me. So um, I worked at Domino's. Mm -hmm. And my job was to be a couponer. Oh, that must so, have been exciting. Well, let me tell you. It was me and... My best friend at the time, still a very good friend of mine to this day, and another friend of ours, and our job was to walk around 
the uh, mall parking lot, and mm-hmm. malls were this thing, this this mega shopping area thing. You know, people inside, air conditioning, that sort of yeah, thing. And yeah. we would go, and there were thousands of cars. And um, our job was to put the coupons for Domino's Pizza under the windshield on every car in the mall parking lot and every parking lot within a three-mile radius. So how many would you say that you really, like had to go around and like did you do every single car like were you that efficient or we did okay yes good for y'all now i'm not gonna lie we ended up inside the mall <laughs> getting ice cream or something <laughs> in between to cool off because what i learned from that is mm-hmm. i don't want to wear polyester in 95 degree weather yeah fair enough and the you Domino know no shirt was just rough i don't know if it was a lot at the time because this was so so long ago for you mm-hmm. but yeah, nice. i think now every four hours uh an employee by law is entitled to a 15 uh yeah, maybe 20 minute break that way then but we were we were breaking plenty in the mall hey you <laughs> so, were a teenager you're still learning I, yeah, right right so my lesson there was um um you know just again it was a uh, it was a very different kind of job and it was really quite boring but i wanted to do more than than that and i think it definitely showed you that but at the same time it seems like you were pretty discouraged after your original pizza experience yeah and then maybe this next one sort of showed you okay it doesn't have to be so bad right well i thought i was moving on up in the pizza world mm-hmm. but i was really moving out fair enough fair enough and maybe that was the best thing for you at the time as you will soon hear i moved out gotcha pizza. all right go so on. i'll go on to my next one right. um so i worked for a I would say plant and sort of garden uh, company that has a few locations around uh, where we live. And I took it on as a seasonal role because obviously lifeguarding doesn't uh, last through, uh, last after the summer. So I was looking for something else. And uh, my, a couple of my friends were saying, hey, um, you know, you should come work with us uh, for a bit for the season. And we are going to be unloading Christmas trees. So obviously everybody knows the cute little Christmas trees that um, these places produce and they smell good. It's not such a bad little tree after all. (laughs) Was that Charlie Brown? Yes, of course it's Charlie Brown. I don't know. Every listener knows that. Okay, I'm not that old. All right. Um, But you have to watch Charlie Brown on Apple TV now, apparently. It's exclusive to it. They don't show it on network TV. Which is why I haven't seen it. Fair enough. I think we own the DVD. Probably. Except we don't have a DVD player. Okay, go. Okay. So um, I figured that this was going to be, you know, a pretty simple thing, uh, tending to plants and being able to, like, unload trucks occasionally. But my very first day, um, they were saying the truck's going to come at 6. I remember that day. The truck did not come at 6. And it was a school night. And so I was like, all right, fine. You know what? Like, I get paid a little extra for this. That's fine. They said the truck's going to come at 8. It did not come at 8. Then it starts raining. And it's dark out. And, and it's cold. It's cold. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was just kind of waiting around with my friends. I was saying, does this usually happen? They're like, no. You just got lucky, I guess, on your first day. And I was like, haha. So it finally came by 11. And they opened up the back of the truck. I'm fully expecting to see a bunch of, you know, small to mid-sized Christmas trees. This was just a log. I mean, this would have made a lumberjack shake just at mm-hmm. the side of this thing. And it took, I think, seven of us just to carry it out of the truck. And there's probably three or four of them. It was insane. But I think the pros of that job was that it showed me sort of how to not constantly have something to do, but do have good responsibilities. Because, you know, it was good to talk to people in between and interact with customers more mm-hmm. rather than pull patrons. Um 
it was also a good sort of more physical uh, job that sort of taught me the value of, you know, I can be sore at the end of a day, at the end of a shift, and then, you know, go right to bed, make good management of my time. Um, I would definitely say the cons is that it was boring sometimes. Mm. It really was, especially when so you're So was walking. couponing in the summer. I can only imagine. Well, when you're walking around the same environment like I was there all the time, then it, it wasn't great. I would definitely say the biggest lesson that I learned from it is that uh, seasonal work can be um, it can be very good, and there can be a lot of great connections you make with people, even if for a temporary time. Mm-hmm. There were some uh, workers that I never saw again that I very much enjoyed over the course of uh, those you know, what, four or five weeks I was in there. And then done a lot of seasonal work because lifeguarding is seasonal. This yeah. garden place was seasonal. Yeah, and you're right about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's move on to your next role. Okay, my next role. So I often say my background is in seafood. It's right. really in pizza and in seafood, as I've already said. But mm-hmm. I worked for a seafood market and restaurant. Mm-hmm. Great job. Worked there for five years. Um, worked part-time, but then when I went to college, I was fortunate enough to be able to go back there in the summers and over long breaks. Okay. Uh, it was a family-owned business. I got to be good friends with the family members. It was a great job. First of all, I learned a lot about seafood, um, and it was my first waiting tables job. Oh. And I'm here to tell you, everybody should have to wait tables for at least a month or two of their lives to fully understand how much work goes into serving other people. And you know, that's so important because you never recognize how essential those people are to your experience, especially if you haven't been in that role before. And I guess that's what you're going into. But I mean, it's tough. It's certainly People are demanding. And and we had a Monday and Tuesday night all-you-can-eat experience. So, you know, it's you put a basket of crab legs down and I'll have two more. And you're like, "Uh, okay, but Uh so do all the other tables. So... My best story from that was um, something that uh, you know, folks can take with them. Yeah. They remember nothing from this podcast episode, but I know you'll remember everything from this <laughs> podcast episode. Was um, Remember this, when you go to a restaurant now, we would have bread baskets. Mm-hmm. And if the bread baskets were um, not touched or touched at the end of you know, when you were cleaning off a table, you would throw the bread yeah. into the trash can. Well, that was apparently expensive for the restaurant. <laughs> so um, one of the owners came around and pulled the no. rolls out of the trash can no. and put them back in the basket, and they went out to other tables. Five-second rule? So probably 25-minute rule. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Oh, it my was, gosh. Uh, it was, uh, it, well, I've taken it with me to this day. It was, um, that was really the only, everything else was very clean and sanitary, but that is one little weird quirk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. So that's my, the, the takeaway from that job was hard work pays off. I worked hard. I was recognized for the work. Um, I learned a lot about seafood and shellfish yeah. and, and the like. Um, and, um, the cast of characters that worked there were from, you know, I was what? 16, 17, 18, 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them were waiters, waitresses in their 60s uh-huh. or 70s, and others were other high school kids. So got a lot of good age diversity. Yeah, it yeah. was a great job. It's a great family. We're still in contact, and um, I just really, really enjoyed that experience. So that's that's my initial seafood experience all right fair enough so my next experience is i took on a second lifeguarding job at another pool and um probably a more uh sort of upscale uh 
sort of, I guess, suburban area. And uh, I wanted to make additional money. Subdivision. Subdivision, yeah. Because yeah, uh, being a lifeguard, uh, you get maybe a 25-cent raise every year. So as you know, if you're a lifeguard for all of high school, you're only going to make a dollar more. So I was just thinking, all right, I want a little extra money this summer. So I started working at this pool. And um, I will say the pros of it, it was super nice, so well kept. And I did feel like I was doing really good work, you know, just cleaning the place and we were uh, we were just using different materials, more advanced sort of ways of checking the uh, pool's pH chlorine level, mm-hmm. the pH levels, mm-hmm. and they had a slide. Too. I remember, and that was awesome. Any, really love any that pool slide. with a slide is okay with me. Exactly, and then it was great because there was one area where you would it was sort of the water park, and then the other one was essentially. Did you say water pool. park, Noah? Yeah, water all park. about the water park experience. Absolutely. All about it. Well, after this past year, I'm kind of reconsidering water parks and how sanitary they are. But, you know, that's no fun way to live life. Burnham was so much more fun before this. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless. um, Yeah, so I I liked my coworkers enough, but I wasn't necessarily super attached to them. Um, And this was one, of course, where you can't be on your phone the entire time. So I'd read. And I remember I was reading one day. And then I heard the thunder. And as most uh, people who have ever been pool patrons know, if you hear thunder, everybody's got to get out of the pool for 20 minutes. Thunder! At the very least. (laughs) Yeah, that's about as loud and obnoxious as it is. Um, Blowing the whistle uh, was definitely uh, the most fun thing. You felt like you were in control, didn't you? See, I don't even like that. I was always just like, oh, I don't want to blow the whistle. You know, I don't want to like break anybody's Yeah, you just experience. said it was one of the most fun things. So, okay. It was sarcasm. Okay, got it. All right, mental gymnastics mm-hmm. here. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, we got everybody out of the pool. And if you see lightning, then everybody has to leave. But if it doesn't... Clear come, the deck! Exactly. Uh, thank you for the ad-libs. And... Um, once we, if, if it doesn't thunder again for another 20 minutes with no lightning, then they can get back in. This time. Which happens never in the summer. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it started raining too. And then uh, lightning came and we're like, okay, everybody, we had to file everyone out, you know, get them to leave. And this is the part of working that I think most people have probably experienced is difficult and very frustrated customers that you have to serve. So this pool, this particular pool patron had a baby with her and I remember I was reading and she came up. So there's about three or four uh, guards sort of in the little guardhouse and she came up and she just started railing on us. She just went on this expletive filled tirade. She's just like, you're going to send me and my baby. Yeah. You're going to send me and my baby out in an electrical storm. And I'm like lightning storm electrical storm what are you talking about and um so and she's just like she's like you idiots like blah 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 this and that and she was she was really being uh tough on uh one of our head guards and she was just saying i want your manager's number let me speak to your manager and you know your very first karen exactly so you have that sort of that i think that was one of my first experiences with somebody getting really mad at especially out of nothing and I can't say that we necessarily worked it out where she felt better, but she had to leave because that's pool policy. And I'd say that was the con of the job because a lot of people there were really negative and jaded because our pool patrons loved breaking those rules. You can't bring glass in. You can't do this. You can't do that. They still did it. Um, but the pros of that job, like I mentioned before, is I felt like I was doing good work in a more upscale area, and I really enjoyed the sort of um, facility overall um everything that had to offer so that was fun i did that briefly uh for that one summer but i would say the biggest lesson that i learned was 
make sure to uh, make sure to take those things in stride when you are faced with difficult experiences you really can't retaliate you know what i'm saying you Absolutely. have to listen and i do not believe the customer is always right but i am a big believer and do not match a frustrated or angry customer's energy because that will get both parties absolutely nowhere. Right. The customer is not always right. And in fact, most times the customer isn't right, but you have to treat them as though they are right. And I think there are appropriate and professional ways to get to a certain solution. Certainly. And that's your responsibility as an employee, I think. Yeah, without encouraging them to repeat the same patterns. Right. So yeah. Um, what's up next for you? Next up for me, I'm moving from seafood to Mexican. Oh, because okay. Because you may uh, have heard of uh, the restaurant chain Ch- uh, Chi-Chi's. Chi-Chi's. Chi-Chi's was a popular Mexican chain in the 80s and I think into the 90s. Was it Tex-Mex? I, sort of fast food? Well, fast food in the sense of if you call Red Lobster and Outback fast food, it was that kind of. Okay, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. And um, so I wanted to wait tables. I had been waiting tables at the seafood restaurant. Okay. And uh, I guess there was a new Chi-Chi's and I wanted to, to work there and I figured I could get a job there. So... I couldn't get a job waiting tables, but there was promise that if I worked in a different area, then perhaps I could ultimately wait tables. Mm-hmm. Although when I think about it... You were really going for the waiting tables, I was, weren't well, you? Well, there was good money in waiting tables, so uh, at the are right you place. Say, are you saying you were that guy who got all the good tips because you know every customer loved you? Well, just so you know, I never waited a table with Chi-Chi's. I was working cold prep, which essentially <laughs> meant, meant that I was... Um, making Mexican fried ice cream. You're the independent ice cream associate? I I was. (laughs) But there were many of us on cold prep. I mean, it was like an assembly line, and we were back there in the freezer, literally, like in this cold prep area. Oh, yeah. We were in the freezer. Desserts are important. What's up? Desserts are important. They they are very important. And Mexican fried ice cream is mighty fine. Basically, you just roll ice cream, vanilla ice cream, in in cornflakes, and then you cover it with... um, chocolate sauce and it's quite tasty sounds good to me anyway i did it for one night yes i worked at chi chi's for one night um and it was fundamentally because it was a school night and i didn't get out of there until quarter of 11 and i thought okay if this is what it's going to be like you every night I, work, I just can't keep doing this yeah. because again i was in high school so long story short i left after one night they didn't want to pay me well, really? they did not want to pay me. They just said, well, you know, you didn't work here long enough. That and has, I was like, oh, that's not true. I worked here for six hours. That has to be illegal. Uh, well, it probably was. But <laughs> let's just say I got paid. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> because my mom made sure I got paid. <laughs> you can always count on a mom yeah. to stand up for you. So what did I learn days. from that experience? Well, first of all, you should always work longer than six hours at a place. But uh, that's somewhat... Uh, I mean, I I believe that, but I also don't regret the fact that I left it because I felt like it was more important for me to do better in my schoolwork Mm -hmm. than to to work um, long hours uh, on school nights. Um, What did I learn from that experience? I learned that, uh, you know, as part of an assembly line, that cold prep was a, a segment of a larger operation that made the restaurant chain successful and until I had that experience working in a team of people just for one night Mm -hmm. you know it just sort of helped me see okay there was hot prep there was salad prep there was cold prep there was yeah you know and everybody was sort of working together and those are the things you don't see when you go out to eat and shouldn't because you go out for an experience but my lesson was um you know it was a part of a larger um behind the scenes organization yeah yeah of course um so my next role actually had some 
kind of unique roles uh, was working for a bungee jumping this machine. This is my favorite, yes. A bungee jumping machine in the mall. Um, and so you might be asking yourself, what's a bungee jumping machine? I want to know what's a mall. <laughs> right? Uh, well, uh, basically this is one the same because the mall I was working in <laughs> is a ghost town. Let me tell you. that would put It's a ghost town. Yeah, that would put those Western movies to shame with how <laughs> little populated it is. So um, I... So that was my perception of the place when, you know, I was, I guess, going to get some Mexican or some wings or something from the restaurants attached to it or um, yogurt, frozen yogurt. But uh, when I was there, it could get pretty hectic sometimes. So my role, uh, mostly I would say kids to teenagers uh, came around and wanted to do this, but a couple adults did it and it was pretty fun. It was this giant four-pronged machine with trampoline, four trampolines. And you would basically, I would strap you up to this bungee and I would tighten it based off of the weight that you weigh yourself in on the scale. And trust me, some people tried to get out of that. <laughs> uh, so um, so I, it, it was a ton of fun. You could do backflips, front flips, I all the, those it. kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly potential for injury if you're not a seasoned bungee jumper. You know, my background is in bungee jumping, oh, okay, right? Okay. So um, anyway... Uh, that the pros of that job was that I got to work uh, with one of my best buddies, uh, Sam, for a while, and he was—I mean, he was just all over that sort of role. He was—he was very good at sort of being my mentor for when I got into mm-hmm. it, and it was great to work with a friend. And the people I worked with were generally just really, really kind. And that seems like a common theme uh, that we've been fortunate enough to be able to say. But um, I would say the cons are that it got busy, and so my boss. Uh, who I loved, uh, he owned a number of businesses in the mall and he introduced the concept of animal riders, Mm. which were sort of in conjunction with this bungee jump business. And so you'd have maybe five people wanting to go on these animal riders. You just press a button and you move around. It's like a giant stuffed animal with handles. And you move around the mall. And let me tell you, children and adults, old adults alike. And you can't double up unless you have a small child, but guess what people tried to do yep. all the time so they wouldn't have to pay for another. Regardless, <laughs> so you got five people wanting so to be on Learn those... about people when you work. Yeah, and animals. Uh, so, <laughs> so you know, got five people wanting to uh, go on those animal rides, and then you have – and they're going in and out of stores, and you can't do that, obviously, because that's a liability. And so I have to be telling them in a professional way, please get out of there while I'm also dealing with, you know – five kids who want uh, to bungee jump and a mom who's saying, oh, come on, uh, give us a little extra, maybe like five, 10 minutes. And how do you politely say, okay, there's other people in line while well, just saying like, get the heck out of here. You know what I'm saying? So it got pretty busy and overwhelming at times, but um, th- that was the cons. Also cleaning those animals was disgusting. You really realize just how gross the bottom of things are in general. Those wheels, oh my gosh. Those things still going in the COVID era? Yeah, well, it's because of all the WD-40 I was spraying on it. Mm. They would get squeaky, and of course, in order to make them right, and, you know, I'd have to just clean off the wheels. There's a lot of hair on them, too, just filth in general. But I'm making it sound like it wasn't a fun job. It actually, it actually, I I remember it very fondly. You know, we could play our music sometimes, and occasionally I'd be able to do my homework. If I wanted to eat... I would just call the Mexican place right next to us, order a full ACP, and then walk over there and then come back within two minutes. Did you order any Mexican fried ice cream? No, I didn't because you know I don't like ice cream, but and I hadn't heard your perspective on it yet. He's the only person I know that doesn't like ice cream. But 
I like milkshakes. I think it's the presentation more so that I don't really enjoy. Regardless. Um, yeah, so that was a fun job. And, of course, it was a really great time working with Sam. So shout out to you if you're listening to this. Uh, <laughs> I hope you are. <laughs> I'm sure you remember. Oh, another pro. Uh, the boss of uh, that role for me hooked me up with a tuxedo set that was like $160 for shoes, socks, pants, coat, shirt, bow tie, and everything. I got to say, he also owned a, a men's clothing store, and that was fantastic. Is that still open? Super nice guy. It sure is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's the bungee jump machine, I guess. Mm. Okay. Well, I have one more job. Okay. Um, and that, this is a return to seafood. Mm-hmm. So when I went to college, I needed, so I had a choice. I could have a car. Uh, this was my sophomore year in college. So by this point, I'm, what, 20? Um, and I could have a car, but if I had a car, I had to pay for my own car insurance. Right. And so the first year I didn't have a car, the second year I had a car, and I, okay, I had to make some money to pay my car insurance. So having a background in seafood as I did, I sought a job um, locally in town, and it happened to be at Libby Hill Seafood. So for those of you who really uh, remember Libby Hill, it was sort of a fast food, kind of like a Mayflower, only a little, like a Mayflower. Anyway, mm-hmm. and so I worked the counter, and I got to tell you, the boss was mean. She was mean. She was um, I, I, she was different than my first boss at, at uh, Godfather's, but she was just... Um, it, Friday and Saturday night, everybody in this town loves to go out for fried fish. And That's get their for bo- sure. Right? You know, so it was crazy. There's a fish it's fry. Not, there's a fish fry where the steak and shake used to be now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cajun, right? Um, maybe. It's yeah. just... I, I, it's called Carolina Fish Fry. It's next to the Golden Corral. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this was like in the 19... Late 1980s. And, um... What did I learn from that? The pro was I made money. I, I recognized that it, there's, you know, um, a lot of money to be made in busy places. A lot of money to be made. Now I was not waiting tables or anything. It uh-huh. was working at the counter. But you know, you have to multitask, and it's a lot of work. And there's a lot of people behind the counter, and yeah. and just sort of that whole thing. But it was sort of, um, you know, it was it would help me reach the goal. Okay. I wanted the car. Right. I needed to pay the car insurance. Okay, so you got to go get a job mm-hmm. to make the money to pay the car insurance. So I, I, I did that. The con was it was the Fridays and Saturday nights of you know my sophomore year in college, and uh. so I had to. Um, I'm not going to say sacrifice, but I had to be away from campus uh, mm-hmm. to you know to work, which was fine. I believe working is important, and you learn a lot of lessons from it, as we've been discussing. Um, the the lesson that I learned from that was um, I had I had by that time five different restaurant esque experiences, all very different in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess my takeaway was that um, as similar as it was to my first job mm. at Godfather's, it was also very different, and there was a team orientation that I. I found to be very satisfying. I met people that I worked closely with, and I do mean closely, in close proximity to, and we all sort of shared a similar feeling about that boss, Uh Um, but the boss was highly efficient and had a lot of responsibility and was very customer service oriented, so I learned that sometimes in order to get the job done, um, it's kind of like in in business, right? You you know, there's an objective, and uh, you can't always be the nicest person while you are motivating and pushing people. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a responsibility. And a, a leader's first job is not to be 
the uh, their workforce's best. It's not friend. a popularity contest. It's not to be their best friend. Right. Ideally, they can be both. But right, and the, I think uh, in a lot of cases, it, you can be successful in doing both. No, of course. First and foremost, they have to be efficient at right. reaching their goals. Right, and I think it's better to be kinder about it rather than basing out of fear. Right, but go go ahead. Well, I was just going to say. I mean, I so it was just a it was a you know a, an experience that I reflect on, and even in the in the moment. I thought, okay, she's tough to work for, but um, there's a lot of work to be done, mm-hmm. and there's uh, there are a lot of customers to satisfy, and I understood why she was the way she was, uh-huh. um, and I think that probably helped inform some of the way I I manage things. So Great. anyway, those that's my. Uh, there are other jobs along the way after that in different environments, um, but those are my Most five jobs. Yeah, yeah, those are the the ones that sort of informed mm-hmm. how I think about and how I actually go about work. Great. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's a really good segue into um, my last job that Mm -hmm. I'm going to mention. So you were talking about going, working at that place to reach a better goal, Mm -hmm. having an end game in mind, Mm -hmm. you know, for something that you wanted. And I think overall, that's sort of what drives us, whether it's for retirement, Mm -hmm. for maybe a new car, anything. That's something that we have in the back of our minds. That's a lot of the reason why we work to do something, Mm -hmm. to achieve something for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, uh, after graduation, there was a hiring freeze, as everybody knows. The 2020 class uh, had, you know, COVID near the end of the semester. And so nobody was really hiring. And I did my best uh, to get a job, but I just couldn't. So um, I actually went to work uh, at the request of my friend, uh, my same friend, uh, Sam, in a, what would you call it? Hydroponics? It was it was in hydroponics. So essentially we grew lettuce, uh, different, uh, I think we were working in different fruits, seeds, sort of more garden variety, vegetable uh, type deals. And this was a pretty large facility. And so I was working with my longtime friends, uh, Jonathan and Sam, and we had a lot of fun together. And I think that's what was able to sort of keep me there for a bit. It was, I will say this, it was really hard being uh, a 2020 graduate, you know, having completed two majors and knowing my skill set, but knowing I wasn't able to like go do something else Mm -hmm. with that education. But I thought it was, I thought a pro of that job was showing me that no work that you do is too small or too large. I think it was a fantastic way to remind me that, you know, you, even though you might not get the job you want, this is something that it's going to keep you making money for a greater goal later on. And Absolutely. I think that was, I think that's what I initially started with. And there was with. a physicality of that job too, right? Because yeah, of the be temperature? Under, yeah. Well, first of all, you had to be on your feet for eight hours a day, like many jobs, but... And wearing a mask, right? And wearing a mask. So that job, you had to be insanely sanitized. It was a full, it was like hair cap, like you had to put something over your face, uh, you had to wear... A mask, gloves. Uh, it was basically a PPE mm-hmm. suit. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you had to wear, and then you went in, and um, it's it, so basically it aligned with COVID perfectly. Anyway, so the people there were so funny. It was just a bunch. It was just a bunch of guys who were somewhere around my age and probably I don't know, uh, 10, 15 years older than I was. And they were just great because everybody's on the same page, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, and we would do long. We so some days I would be in the sort of refrigerator area, uh, sorting, prep. So, yeah, sorting different uh, types of lettuce, and 
let me tell you, there were many, many different types of lettuce. I don't know how you did that for eight hours. Yeah, and then I'd have to go in the freezer and like store them, or then like go get them out, and uh, and I would also have to sometimes go in this little catwalk uh, sort of machine where we were raised to different levels, mm-hmm. um, and there was a ton of responsibility associated with like picking out seeds and putting them in little pockets. So it was things that could be kind of menial mm-hmm. like over time uh that you would take a long time doing and then of course i was so tired at the end of the day but the cons with those job with that job is that i just don't i just don't feel like we were cared about at all yeah, uh, everybody everybody in there i felt like was a hard worker and i mean let me tell you especially sam and jonathan i mean they were they were great to learn from as well because they had been there for a while but Oh my gosh. So our air conditioning broke. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's very expensive to fix that. It was last summer. But this is where you make food. So a lot of our products were going bad. Mm. And we had to throw out hundreds, even like thousands of dollars worth of product just for that. And then our freezer uh, stopped working. So that made things even worse too. So we were just going through so many pounds of lettuce just throwing all these things away and we were just sweating so hard you remember wearing these like suits basically mm-hmm. i remember i would just be we'd go to lunch and i would just be soaked at that point and i would just i would just feel gross and i was like at, at the end of the days i was exhausted i remember so i i think the worst part about that job was having to deal with potentially unsafe working conditions mm-hmm. and um i i, I it was a double-edged sword mm-hmm. on the one hand i was just like <sighs> I, I really wish I could do more with my degree right now while understanding how the world was at the time. But I will say the best parts of it were being able to work with my friends and meet new people who were both interesting, talkative, and had a lot to show me and were very kind to me uh, when I started. I was only uh, there a month because I did get another job uh, later on. No, it might have been two. Yeah. I think it was probably late May, early June, and July. Um, and then I got another job in August. But... Uh, yeah. So, all right. So favorite job of of those favorite job, you know, it's between lifeguarding and bungee jumping. I would say because I did lifeguarding longer, it would be that Mm -hmm. because some people I went to school with also were lifeguards, uh, too. And it was always fun at the pool, but I gotta say the bungee jump as crazy as it can be sometimes, uh, you know, uh, my friend and I have swapped stories and we've just always laughed about, you know, at some of those times so I, I would say lifeguarding but honorable mention to bungee jumping oh okay i see how you did that <laughs> mine was uh the first seafood restaurant and waiting tables i made really good connections with the people i worked with uh and the the customers it was a, a really good experience uh and all these years later i have very fond memories of that yeah of course yeah. and final note i think these jobs that we worked over time have taught us valuable life skills mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily required for the things we do today, but certain aspects of it. I would it, say they are for me, working with the public. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, there's aspects of working with the public, but I'm saying, you know, in my field, I'm not going to be growing lettuce more than likely, and I'm probably not going to be using a bungee jump machine. You never know. But I might be doing PR for it. Anyway. That's right. But I, I think even though they might not necessarily translate, you know, you don't wait tables, of course, anymore. It's... It definitely gave us a foundation for what we knew we wanted to mm-hmm. do, and it was it's far better to work and learn more things about yourself and how you work in a team environment. And learn about different jobs. So that when you get to that place, you know, you're going to be all the better for mm-hmm. it. I think it's great to have that experience. So mm-hmm. I feel fortunate, even with the ups and downs mm-hmm. of each job I've had, that we've been able to do that. Me too. Though so, I don't like Godfather's Pizza. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Moving right into our recommendations. Um, so, do you want to go first? Or do you uh, want we'll be happy to go first. Sure. So, I'm going to recommend a candy bar. Great. And uh, for those of you who have listened to our candy eating episode, this was not included because mm-hmm. I did not know it existed. But uh, a very uh, important person in my life brought home, was thoughtful enough to bring home uh, a candy bar the other night. And uh, for those of you who remember, I enjoy Kit Kats. This was a mocha dark chocolate Kit Kat. I think it was. And let me just tell you, it gets a 100% score. It might be, after having it one time, A plus, 10 out of 10. My favorite candy bar, period. Wow. Done. Go. Fantastic. Uh, so uh, my recommendation is a TV show that I've heard is excellent. I read uh, quite a few non-spoiler reviews, and I I think I'm going to watch the first episode very soon. It's on Amazon, uh, so pretty much everyone has Prime Video. Um, it's called Invincible. And if you've watched The Boys, it has a similar ilk in that it explores Boo. the darker side. <laughs> you loved the first season. The first season. It explores- How many exploding heads do I need to see? Apparently many. Sorry to interrupt. So um, it explores more of the darker uh, consequences of what a superhero would be like. And I think it's less about superheroes being jerks like in The Boys, Mm -hmm. but more so how those powers in real life would affect a mortal human body, Mm. right? So, you know, you're picking up and saving somebody. You might break a bone or something like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, maybe you're fighting... Or dent a car. Exactly. You know how in The Avengers, they're saving the city but there's so much destruction yeah, yeah. and then nobody quote unquote you know dies this sort of expl- uh, explores the environmental aftermath and just the pure destruction even of the good uh, it's, even it's of the animated, you say. it is also animated so i think there's more room to explore some of those consequences and i'm pretty interested in it. A, a couple friends have told me it's very good you'll have to watch it let me know and so far it's kind of the new phenomenon uh, that's worth binging so uh Tell us what you think uh, in the comments on our next social media post if you do watch it. And if you try a Mocha Kit Kat bar. So that's all the time we have for Delicious. today. Yeah, we've gone a little bit over our norm, but... <laughs> we uh, say that every week. Yeah, but we have... Pre- what is our norm, Noah? Our norm is 30 to 42 <laughs> okay. minutes. Right. Anyway, it's a wide range. But we appreciate your listenership as always. And uh, we're going to be moving on with uh, some... Uh, new interesting ideas coming up. I know I say that a lot, but we've got some Here's stuff a in the works. Batter up. Yes, yes. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, once again, uh, thank you for listening. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ, ZZ Talk. Talk. Nailed it. <laughs>